I'm not doing that. <laughs> Welcome to episode 200. 200 episodes for... <laughs> Take that thing out of your mouth. <laughs> oh my God. You're such a child. <laughs> I'm Chuck. And I'm Todd. This is episode 200 of the Wheel Nerds. <laughs> you... I have several kazoos. I have a house full of kazoos. You have an ass full of kazoos. Uh, none of those. <laughs> I do have a bunch. We're going to be talking about motorcycles and, and kazoos. And kazoos, apparently. <laughs> but also about m- more motorcycles. Cats. It turns out. And cats. There will be cats in this episode. Cats. Yep. You have been warned. Yep. Which is funny because we're both really dog people when you get well, right I'm, down I'm to I'm horribly it. allergic to cats. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I I'm love just them. Sort of mildly allergic to them. I love them, but man, they, I'm very allergic. I have no particular use for them. So, whatever. <laughs> My dad had a use for them. Food? <laughs> no, he was like, you know what cats are good for? Eating. Starting forest fires. You just light the tail on fire and let them go. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, man. The Al- <laughs> the, yeah. The Alabama comes out of Chuck's dad. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> oh, that was horrible. But he would say it all the time. Oh, yeah. I can I can see him getting a not, big kick out of that. I'm not making that part up. So I called the dealer about my triumph. Mm-hmm. And they said? <clears throat> I don't think we broke it. I was like, okay, you don't think you broke it, but it's very coincidental that the thing you guys were fucking around with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right next to it is a thing that broke. Mm, mm. There is like, a certain suspicious nature. About he's it. like, all right, let me go talk to the tech. I wait for a few minutes. He comes back. He's like, tech says he didn't break it. Oh, oh, <laughs> really? Because he took it on a test drive and everything was cool. <laughs> oh, my. I was like, yeah, it broke just, you know, within a few miles of me getting it from you guys. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like, yeah, but you don't understand. Our tech is from Triumph. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At that point, I was like, okay. That's nice. Um, who gives a damn? I'm just saying it seems to be a pretty common point of failure. Taking the front wheel on and off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you can... You, you could bring it back. We'll take a look at it. And I'm mm. like, at a hundred bucks an hour, fuck you. Mm. <laughs> Unless you don't tell me you're not charging me for that shit. Yeah. You ain't coming near this. <laughs> I ain't going to have you guys look at it for three, four hours and be like, well, you need $400 worth of parts. <laughs> I'll just use my fucking GPS. You, you smell like money. <laughs> Do you know that? Well, I did smell like money. I don't smell like it anymore. Oh, I imagine not. <laughs> I've been to them. <laughs> I uh, I had a much better experience at a dealer. No, not at a dealer. Yeah, I never had a good experience at a dealer, in fairness. But I had a you much... You did have that one at Honda Suzuki when you went in for a part. And That's you were, true. And, and you were like... And they were really cool. Everyone was on the ball and everything. Yeah, yeah there was that one time. But uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I went to uh, to Wright's, our local shop, because I just I finally gave up on that front tire. I could get the fucker on. I could not get it to fill up. Okay. Um, Did you go to support local business? Uh, I went to Wright's. Yeah, um, support local business. Okay. Yeah, and they were they were super cool. Um, it they was are like, super you know, cool a few, folks. A few bucks and a few minutes later, I was out of there, and they were like, "Yeah, no problem." They charged me to balance it. You know, they they did not charge me for the the use of basically their air system that could hit it with a big hard boom. That, that's the exact thing that happened to me when I couldn't get the the Ural tire back on. Mm-hmm. I just went there with a wheel and a <laughs> tire half on it. I'm like, please finish. This. Uh, the funny thing is, they recognize me. I showed up and he's like, "That's not a Ural tire." I'm like, "No, no, this is for the Bandit, the new rig." He's like, "You got a sidecar on a Bandit?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Man, <laughs> we need to get him on the show." Yeah, definitely. Well, the the uh, the we haven't. Yeah, we do. The uh, the boss man there is actually a uh, a rabbit bandit fan. Oh, okay. He's like the best. One of my uh, coworkers used to work at Rice. Oh, okay. She used to be one of the counter chicks. Oh, oh, okay. She the the younger one who rides dirt and she does not ride herself. And oh, it's been a okay. while. She worked there like out of high school. Oh, okay. So it's been All a right. while since she was there. All We've right. probably seen her. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. All right. So she was like, yeah. Friends with him, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'll check it up. Yeah, for sure. All right, stop being a blazing asshole. Her. <laughs> well, the, the, let's go with the 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 definition of many things. If you could stop being a blazing asshole <laughs> in general, sentence ends. <laughs> so, one of the listeners sent us a uh, a fun little picture they found on ADV Rider, which I've seen around, as you can imagine. Looks a like a world. t-shirt design. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nobody likes sidecars until you show up in camp with a dinner for 12 and a keg of beer. I'm pretty sure I've heard you say this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or some variation thereon. Yeah. Everybody hates sidecars until you have a bunch of shit to haul. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like the, being the guy with the pickup truck. Yep. You're like, hey, bro, can you <laughs> help me? Unless it's Chuck sidecar. Yes. In which case, expect final drive failure. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what Chuck does. There will be no survivors. <laughs> All right, let's see what's out there in classified land here. Because after all, this is episode 200. 200. <laughs> Thank you for that. Hi, Ted. We've come so far <laughs> in all these years. Uh, Yep, we sure have. Fake reverb and kazoo sound effects. Classified. Why are you so good at that? <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't sound right. You gotta hum more. You're How do you hum much. more? Mm. Yeah, okay, good. Now hum. Mm. Try this one. No! I don't want to know. I don't, I don't no, want to. Try it. it could, you could have a faulty kazoo. I don't want to hum this You hard. could have a faulty kazoo. Uh, Go for it. <laughs> Put it in your mouth now. <laughs> no! Do it. Do it. It'll be fun. Okay, you had a faulty kazoo. You sabotaged me. <laughs> you sabotaged me. It's all full of Chuck Beard now. You sabotaged me and gave me a faulty kazoo. All right, you could try. You could try the one with a little bit of Play-Doh in it. Play-Doh won't kill you. Preferable to the toddy. 
bad kazoo. That's the problem. Apparently I gave you bad kazoo. Bad kazoo. Take that one home. Your wife will love me for it. <laughs> Listeners are like, what the actual <laughs> is going on right now? Except for Jesse. Jesse's like, this is what I've been tuning in for all, all this time. All this time. <laughs> this is finally, this is it's back. At last. This is what I've wanted. <laughs> Gonna open up my pants here. <laughs> so good, so good. So I pulled this classified because I thought this was kind of bad. This is genuinely cool. This is a 1940 Indian sports scout. Keeping in mind at the time that the idea of a sport motorcycle was one without a bunch of shit on it, just an engine and what now still looks very cruisery. Mm-hmm. A 1940 Indian sports scout motorcycle. It is fairly complete restoration project with a real nice frame, fenders, front fork, and handlebar assembly. Even it's even written nicely. This, yeah. This ad. These bikes have a 750 cc flathead V-twin motor that has good power-to-weight ratio and is fun to ride. The open-fendered early post-war Indians are highly collectible and are a work of art. He's even spelled everything right. I know. And it's he only art. wants seven grand for this. Well, in fairness, I mean, you take a look at the brakes on it. Brakes, such, such as they are. Brakes. Yeah, that 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 thing there. That see that little bitty thing in the middle of the front hub. That looks like a mini drum that brake? That is technically a brake. Yeah? Yes. Technically. Drum brake, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, I'm like, that's not a little tiny rotor sticking no, no, up. No, no, no. That's a tiny little drum there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it will create a decelerating sensation. <laughs> but still, this bike is an oh, amazing yeah. oh, shape. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Super cool. I mean, there were there should be like a dozen hipsters masturbating around this bike. Yeah, there's just like be creeping up on it right now. There's there's, actually you can't see it because the window is not in frame. But (laughs) but there's actually there's like the breath on the window, like in the shape of the noses. Dudes with big bushy beards Mm -hmm. that smell chamomile. Just this is an amazing looking bike. It is gorgeous, and it's a 1940 piece of history. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that is fucking badass. A genuine piece of history, as opposed to a shit tag bike, which is old. Yeah, that they're trying to sell as history. Yeah, that is really cool. That is really cool. Also, here is a whoa. This is a uh, 19 1946 Harley Davidson Serva car. Ah, which of course is the stock trike with the huge freaking canister on the back. <laughs> Giant trunk, yeah. Yeah. And and the rifle scabbard really just brings it all together. This is a 1946 Harley Supercar made to look like an army vehicle. Though most of the army parts are original, some are from V-Twin. It took almost five years to build because I was trying to make it as correct as I could. And mm-hmm. it looks beautiful. It looks gorgeous. It totally, like, I wonder works. if the gun comes with it. I doubt it but i imagine it, the scabbard and shovel do yeah if i'm looking at the gun and the size of it well i'm betting that is either a marlin 3030 or just you know like a shitbag winchester like mine mm-hmm. you know a few hundred bucks used I, at a gun shop shine it up and you're good again this is like a beautiful looking thing mm-hmm. and it's it's history it's gorgeous and it is a bit of history and you know the the uh surf card did what it said on the tin you know mm-hmm. i mean it was a relatively that's a narrow big vehicle. fucking tin <laughs> yeah, it was a relatively small vehicle that could haul all the things. You can make one hell of an ice cream truck out of this thing. Mm-hmm. That'd be a bitchin' ice cream truck, actually. Fuck yeah. It'd be a sweet ice cream <laughs> truck. It'd be sweeter than the ice cream truck. Oh my god, you know who's making stock ice cream sidecars now? Claude? DMC. Oh, really? Yeah, the... the, the stock ice cream sidecars? Stock ice cream There's sidecars. There's a market for these things. Evidently. <laughs> Did they just hear you? No, I don't know. He might. He might actually. It could be that nobody else can actually see the posting. 
Okay. And it's, it's, just just, it's like it's like hyper targeted at me. <laughs> well, me, guys in their thirties. Facebook in Utah probably knows Tom. you want one. <laughs> oh yeah, Facebook is well aware of my ice cream proclivities. You know, when and when you go in and you go into your things, that's like political leanings, ice cream. So ice cream, yes. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a, again another beautiful piece of history that would be amazing to own, and mm-hmm. to me the price is surprising. Yeah, the price is surprisingly cheap. Now, I'm suspecting that this does not run awesome, right? Like it, it's gonna it's gonna run and behave like an old bike, and it's gonna need love. Fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> yes. Go on. Okay. All right. Then and, we got this. <laughs> but then there's. But then. <laughs> then we're back to the 2000s. Meanwhile. Because fuck us. Meanwhile, in the underground economy. 2003 off-road chopper yep wait let me i can't wait, let put me those words again. together 2003 off-road chopper yeah yeah look at it it's it's an off-road it's, it is exactly what it said on the tin chopper is <laughs> exactly but, as advertised but but why <laughs> there's a vision what what why? This man had a vision. No. Look, this really? is a professionally what? <laughs> yep. Cut and stretch 2003 Suzuki DR200 on off-road bike. Everything works as it should. Yep. It's on the road now and is a blast to ride. Maybe trade for something. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You got some raccoons. <laughs> so, so okay. All right. This is exactly what it so, said it was. It's this is Whatever you're imagining right now is probably exactly what this looks like. Yep. Like those, I, the, I, oh my God. The I forks. just love the how the forks. sun is gleaming off the Gleaming forks. on the forks. Like they, that was, that was the once in a lifetime picture. <laughs> the sun is gleaming off the beautiful, beautiful, soon to be pitted with dirt forks. And they've chopped off the rear fender. Yeah. Which as we know on a dirt bike is a really swell idea. <laughs> but it's a chopper. I mean, you, you have to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and you then they've, they've made sure to put on the knob on the back so that it can throw gravel <laughs> into the back of your head as efficiently as possible. <laughs> this is a uh, and uh, I can only imagine the professional who was asked to do this. That's the part that really I'm I'm like done by a professional. This guy rolled up in his dirt bike. He's like, "This is what I want you to do." <laughs> Professional's like, "Wait a minute. I just realized something, Chuck." Yes. Does it say this is a professionally cut and stretched by a motorcycle mechanic. <laughs> no, it does not say that. Ah, what, what do you think? I'm thinking this could be a professional welder. That I believe that. Okay, you know the quality of the welds looks okay from what I can tell. I don't see a lot of flux hanging out from that. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I I question a motorcycle mechanic going. Oh, I could see a motorcycle mechanic doing it. But his first question would have been like, "Do you have cash?" Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That 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 actually makes a degree of sense. Not credit, not a check. No, you no, have no, cash. no. Like cash, like, and I mean, he holds it up to the light really carefully. <laughs> Called it in. <laughs> We're just gonna just wait. Just stay there one minute. <laughs> so you want a chopper? Yes. With this cash you just gave. He's got yeah. one of those pens that. <laughs> Sign here. Doesn't doesn't change colors. <laughs> <laughs> wow 
Yeah, this guy had it, a vision. It, it, and, and you know what that vision was? That vision was off-road chopper. Off-road chopper. And lo, it has come to pass, as he has foreseen. <laughs> he stuck some random motorcycle terms into a bag and pulled out two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And for $2,400, you can too. He doesn't really want $2,400, <laughs> Chuck. Come on. He it's wants right to there. trade it. This is, this is maybe trade for something. What's yep. he going to... What's he going to trade it for? What's he going to trade it for? I don't know. Something out there in the underground economy, like maybe a Volkswagen trike. Those are pretty common in the whoa. <laughs> Wait. Okay. I have a, I have a 2002 Volkswagen trike homemade motorcycle. Hey, has a 1600 dual port Volkswagen motor. Was a project lost interest need gone. It does run and has a clear Ohio title. <laughs> well, it's best a, offer. This is this is the classic. Uh, you've got your old Honda Goldwing tank, yeah. part of a frame, yeah. attached to the back end of an old uh, Beetle. Yeah, um, with giant floorboards, well giant on. floorboards. Yeah, and two handedly desk chairs. Two, yeah, looks, two table chairs. No, you know what those chairs are? Plastic. These are they're those plastic chairs they have in airports. Plastic airport chairs? Yeah. Plastic okay. airport chairs. Yeah. Plastic 70s furniture. Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. And is that a gear shift? A big shiny gear shift? Uh, yes, that would yeah. be a big shiny gear. Well, it has to be a big shiny gear shift, doesn't it? <laughs> you say that like it makes sense. Well, check it out. Here's my favorite part about this. And this is probably my favorite part about the whole thing. Rather than create a whole new shift linkage and all of that, quote, hard shit. <laughs> This person has taken the entire center stack drivetrain and system from the from the car VW yeah. and just kind of put some stuff around it. Put the bike around put it. Put the bike around it. Yeah. 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 So so it's you know the shifter is right there between your legs because of course it's center mounted. It's in the center, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. And he put a big shiny gold ball on it. Yeah. Yeah. Because of course you do. Yeah. According, well, according Chuck, to Todd. Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> Chuck. Be serious, Chuck. <laughs> Would you even consider buying this <laughs> if it did not have a gold shiny ball on the shifter? I, I guess not. What if it had an eight ball on it, though? And how about a big shiny skull? Yeah, this doesn't scream skull to me. Or disco ball. Disco ball. Disco ball. That would work. Disco ball, I could see. I'd, disco I'd go ball. with disco ball. Yeah. Uh, disco ball. And, you know, it's not like he had to remove the old Volkswagen floorboards. Because, of course, as everyone knows, the floorboards on either side of the front of a Volkswagen Bug rot out after the first 20 miles in the rain. <laughs> and you have to lift your feet up and you go through a puddle. <laughs> I spent a lot of time riding one of those as a kid. Uh, yeah. Here comes a puddle. Everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm guessing the, the Volkswagen rotted away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he, yep. That would be like, He had the front end of this bike. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's like, hey. I got two great tastes that go great together. <laughs> Tastes great together. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see it. I could totally see it. And the, I mean, you know, that was that was the favorite. The chairs are amazing. The chairs are great. The chairs, <laughs> the chairs are one hundred percent from like from like a, 70s, like a seventies bank. Seventies. Yeah, it's a seventies bank. Seventies banks. Yeah, yeah it's just, a waiting room. Wow. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's waiting room. Seventies waiting room. Yep. Those happened. <laughs> 70s waiting room chair, off-road chopper. He needs to get with the off-road chopper guy. Yeah, they these, need to work these a are, deal These out. are buds now. Yeah. These guys are friends. It's happening. It is happening. All right. Last on our fine list for tonight. This one I got, I, I thought of you. This a is 2014 you. Moto Guzzi California 1400 
original 16,000 miles for 10 grand. Oh my God, it's freaking immaculate. So the California, of course, is the cruiser style Gucci with the modern engine, mm-hmm. um, the big Gucci engine, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, doesn't make anything like a normal big, big engine, engine. <laughs> but it sounds like a Gucci, but it's engine, a Gucci. Yeah. which is to say, you know, like a bunch of wrenches in a bucket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right up your alley. It's totally right up my alley. Rare and special killer engine, super teched out with ABS traction control, fly-by-wire, three modes, rain, normal, and sport, heated grips, and USB charger, and drum roll please, Brembo brakes. <laughs> wait wait no no the factories are like not brembo brakes oh the brembo brakes brembo brakes right when you need it the most <laughs> that's a shame <laughs> these brembo brakes <laughs> oops <laughs> oh man and he has a lot to say he has about. a lot to say about it. he likes it better than his gold wing this is the best sleeper deal in the motorcycle world blah 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 freaking blah yeah i look at this though and you know exactly what's going through my head what you know this needs Next to it there. Sidecar? Oh, yeah. An ice cream car? An ice cream sidecar. An ice cream sidecar. <laughs> or just a sidecar, sidecar, whatever. It, it would be pretty cool if it, it was a nice stylish sidecar. Yeah, a nice stylish, like one of those uh, swoopy ones Claude's doing, like yeah. for the Indians and stuff yeah. next to this thing. Yeah. Oh, that'd be sweet. That would be hot. It would not be terribly fast, but, you know. Yeah. Then again, I'm also a bit warped in that regard these days. <laughs> you are. I put the, I got the sport. The, the summer rubber back on the bandit and it's like yeah okay we can go fast i'm like don't go that fast it's like no we're gonna go that fast it'll be great you'll love it but 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 it's cool don't worry this is a school zone there's children and sure okay kids love sidecar hell needs occupants yes california i really wish they had not given up putting this engine into uh like sportier Other bikes, bikes like yeah. the Grizo. Oh, okay yeah Grizo is always just one of the coolest looking mm-hmm. just imagine this like angry mm-hmm. it looks kind of it looks pretty aggressive already no no like super angry like super like, angry like beat you up and take your girlfriend angry all right you know this still this still has the lines of a fairly like calm and sedate and friendly cruiser yeah you know yeah from the side yeah yeah, yeah. it's a cool bike it's a cool bike. I it's thought you'd cool. like that. Yeah, I do. I do. I have I have a soft spot for Gucci. I do. I just the 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 other Italian bikes are kind of like I know there's a thing about them. I just don't get it. Because um, you have hair. Yes, that could be a <laughs> full head of luxurious hair. You're not over forty. Mm-mm, no, you're not for some time. <laughs> you say that so ominously. No. <laughs> what? Nothing. I'm not 40 yet. Okay. Huh. What? It'd be more than a year before I'm 40. Wait, you're 38? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You're 38? Yeah. When the fuck did you become 38? Uh, Well, it happened right after I was 37, which ironically occurred after I was 36. I thought you were 32. Oh? Fuck, dude. <laughs> no. Fuck. Chuck's like, I'm, I'm confused. He's not a baby. He's only uh-huh. kind of a baby. Holy shit. Wait, yeah. how long have I known you? I, I met know, you like a million years. Oh, yeah, I met you in like 2006. Yeah, it feels like forever. So you, oh, God. God, uh-huh. you're old. Yeah. Oh, you're so old. Yeah, happens. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not owning Triumph uh, Sport Tour old, but forgetting that. Hey, mine's 
in disguise a bit. Okay, that's fair. Hey, here's the thing. What if, what if there was some piece of motorcycling history that we knew nothing about in defiance of convention? Yeah, like, what do we, what are we experts in? I don't know. (laughs) So we're on with John Flores, author of the fabulous bestseller, 10 Tips for Cat Photos. Hi, John. (laughs) Hello. How are you? (laughs) We're doing great. We're doing great. So we've had John on to talk, of course, about his cat photo book, because we are both cat photo enthusiasts. Welcome Uh, to Cat Nerds. Yes. But also because (laughs) John is... John is a, uh, a photographer and writer for Roadrunner Magazine, one of our particular favorites in the motorcycle magazine world. Yes, we've had uh, Florian on Yep, uh, on a previous show. We're just going to work our way through the whole office, person by person. Yep. Awesome. Well, as long as you guys keep, keep releasing actual, like, cool motorcycle magazine, magazine stuff, yeah. good, good on you. We'll, we'll keep interviewing. You were suggested to us by one of our listeners, especially because you uh, apparently did a cross-country trip on a Zero electric bike. Which so many of our listeners like to hear about. I can hear yes, the screams. I did. <laughs> cool. Well, well, let's start. Let's start there, because you know, I mean, I'm, I've already well, said we if my start strong, with, with John. With John. Yeah. I want to talk about the bikes. Shut up, <sighs> John. Who are you? Tell us about yourself. All right. So, um, yeah, I ride motorcycles, and I. What did was your first bike? A, my first bike was a 1988 Honda Hawk GT. Oh, Dale six, just was like, oh. Twin. oh, you know that bike? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, my, uh, my, uh, ex boss, uh, at the school has an unhealthy fascination with Hawks. Great little bikes. Great first bikes for sure. How long ago was that? Oh, uh, this was, uh, back in the nineties. So it's okay. over, over, over 20 years ago now. All right. And that was yeah, back I was, when I was, I was, Oh, go ahead. I was one of those kids. I was one of those kids that whenever a motorcycle went by, I would just stare at it. But it, it ah. took me in. Yeah, it took me until my twenties until I finally, uh, finally came through and bought one. See, I was in my twenties and the nineties, and I saw that, and my dad be like, "Damn, danger! Stay up with them." Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So it wasn't until my thirties that I got on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever it takes, right? Yep. All you guys with your disapproving dads, I swear. <laughs> yeah. All right, so so you so you got a motorcycle, and did it immediately turn into uh, I'm going to be in the motorcycling world, or did you kind of find your way there via other careers, like cat photography? Well, well yeah, I was I was taking portraits of cats through the '90s. Um, <laughs> Morris Morris was really hard to work with. I got to tell you, so <laughs> blue M and M's and all that crap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, no, actually, I was in ad- I was in advertising. And I got into motorcycles because I just loved, I always loved motorcycles and I was in advertising and I would, I would, um, I would write proposals for, for work and people would say here, that was a good, good proposal, John. And I was, I was, uh, happy with that because I was never a good writer. But then I thought to myself, I don't want to, I don't want that on my gravestone. Here lies John. He wrote nice business proposals. <laughs> so, uh, what you, wait I know what I'm doing to your I, grave. I, I'm unsettled. <laughs> I know what's happening to you, Todd. <laughs> so I was like, I got to do something with this. And I was like, I got to figure out a way to get someone to pay me a, to go on motorcycle trips. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. What so, is the secret to that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, I actually started one year. My resolution that year was to get published in a local, a local uh, motorcycle publication. 
So I basically scouted out the local publications, figured out what they what they wanted, what their um, requirements were for a story and stuff like that. And I submitted something and it got published and it was a free it was a free publication that you go into your your local Honda or Kawasaki dealer and pick it up at the counter and stuff like that. But to like go there for the first time and open it up and see your name in ink, you know, yeah, that must be like, a charge. Yeah, did that you, was like. Did really you bug cool. the counter person and be like, "Hey, this is me"? <laughs> kind of a no, big deal. <laughs> and they're like, "Please leave." Mom, I showed my mom. I showed my mom. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I'm somebody. Look at this, mom. I'm, I'm somebody. I got, paid, I got paid fifty bucks for it too, so I was so dude, big money. <laughs> Yeah, so I I I I was I did a couple of pieces for them, and then a, a year later I said, you know what, let me try doing something nationally. So that was my resolution that year, and I fig I found Roadrunner, and I I actually I I flew out to Las Vegas. I spent a day on dirt bikes, and I spent a day on a cruiser, submitted a story, and then they took it. The rest is history, as I guess I guess. Wow, what the hell is your resolution this year? <laughs> My resolution this year is to get this this George Wyman story, um, uh, get a book deal. Now so, the the George Wyman story that's the uh, that's the cross country trip you took on a zero, right? Yes. You just yes. really can't wait to get to that. Can I can't you? wait to get to the zero. Holy shit! <laughs> I'm really, dude. I already told you if the Strom blew up today, I'd be like, hmm, hello, zero dealer. Here we are trying to establish, you know, some presence with our guests, and you're like, fuck that. Tell me about the bike. <laughs> I wouldn't know about the bike with the battery. <laughs> Fine. Let's talk about the bike with the battery. All righty. Well, you want to talk about, let's talk about George Wyman first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. He, he's the guy that inspired me to take this trip. Um, do you guys know who he is? Nope. No. All right. So he, <laughs> Damn, he ba- called our bluff. <laughs> <laughs> he's basically our Charles Lindbergh. The, the guy that you should know, but for some reason we don't. He was the first guy to cross the country in a, in a motor vehicle of any sort, car or motorcycle. And he did it in 1903 on a 1902 California motor bicycle. The oh. thing was 90 pounds, and I think it made a, a one and a quarter horsepower. Wow, that's, that's better than the one horsepower things people were using before. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one and a quarter horsepower. <laughs> exactly. And you didn't so have he to did clean it. up poop. <laughs> he did it in 1903 when there were fewer than 200 miles of paved roads in the entire country. So mm-hmm. most of his travel was on on uh, trails and stuff like that. Oh, his poor spine. Oh, 90. Well, you want to talk about spine? The roads were so bad that out in Nevada and through Utah and Wyoming and throughout the whole West, the roads were so bad that he actually chose to ride across the ties of the transcontinental railroad. (laughs) (laughs) This is so much better. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he literally did like hundreds of miles, maybe, maybe a third of his trip on, (laughs) on railroad tracks. That does not sound like fun at all. How crazy is that? So, uh, yeah, I heard his story uh, back in 2016, and I immediately like talked to Roadrunner magazine and said, "This is this is our Charles Lindbergh. If if anyone is going to do his story, 
Roadrunner needs to do the story. Totally. Mm-hmm. So they, they said they said, yeah. And Florian, um, to his credit, said to me, well, we can't we don't want to give you a Goldwing or a bike to make it easy. We'll make it hard. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, how about a zero? And it, made, and it made perfect sense because, you know, Wyman, you know, when Wyman crossed the country, like people that had never seen motorcycles before. So they were just amazed at this new technology. And so the zero is kind of like a modern parallel to that. Mm-hmm. I can and see it being I, challenging to get gas for the motorcycle going across the country. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he was actually getting I think he was I think the gas at that point was 30 octane. And he was getting it at like general stores. I don't know what it was like. It was like kerosene, basically. Yeah, so it was probably like white gas or something like that that he was burning in that thing. Yeah, it's probably yeah. whatever was combustible that, that he have, found. That must have sucked going over the divide. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, he it was a the carburetor was I forget what it was. It was like a drip carburetor. It was like gravity feed. Mm. Oh. It was. We're talking about. We're talking about 1903 was the I think a, a year before Indian a year the year that Harley Davidson started. We're talking at the very very beginning of the motorcycle age. How long did it take him to do this trip? He did it in fifty. I think it was fifty or fifty one days. Damn, he must have been, he must have been just just going for broke. Well, it was it was amazing. Yeah, he did. He was the he was. Like no one, I mean, cars had tried before him and they always got stuck in the sands of Nevada. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The last guy, Winton, he got stuck in the sands of Nevada. He just abandoned. There was a couple prior to him in like 1901 or 1899 that had actually left New York and it took them like weeks to get to Chicago. And then they just they just abandoned after that. Mm. <laughs> oh shit well the primary way to get to chicago at the time from new york was not to go across land i mean it's it's you know it's a bit of a trek across land if there isn't highways so they go up the st lawrence and take a boat god damn yeah, yeah. Or, or the railroad the railroad was the was the oh, yeah. means of yeah, getting, the railroad getting around back then so yeah so th- there were no roads so why uh, again out west the roads were so bad it was so sandy he was taught especially if it rained he talked about gumbo mud where you know, it was so deep and thick that he could just leave the motorcycle standing by itself in the mud. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah. And he just it was weeps. <laughs> he, had, he had farmers. I mean, he, the, the sound of the motorcycle would spook the cows and the horses. He had farmers threatening to shoot him and stuff like that. <laughs> You're the devil. Get off of my land. What in tarnation is that? What in tarnation. Well, he got to, I know you guys are in Utah, so he got to Ogden, Utah. He writes about his experience at Ogden, Utah. Mm-hmm. I think um, he might have been the third person in Ogden, Utah with a motorcycle. <laughs> I could I could believe that. I mean, Ogden, Ogden would have been like basically a place to get water and coal for your train at the time. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So um, he was such a pioneer. And I guess it's maybe it's a testament to how tough it was, because when he finished and landed in New York, he never took another big trip like that. (laughs) He never left the house. He was like, (laughs) screw this. (laughs) He boarded himself up. 
I mean, you would think if I mean you're the first guy to cross the country, you're like, oh, what what's next? Maybe I'll go across Europe. Maybe I'll go around the world. He was like, no, I'll just. Nah, go back to you know what? I'm gonna. I'm going to order a pizza. Pizza hasn't been invented yet. Damn it. I'm inventing a pizza. And then I'm inventing home delivery. <laughs> screw you. So when yeah, you were so planning this trip, were you going to try to replicate his route? Well, yeah, there is a, a an organization, the, Wy- the Wyman Memorial Project. Wyman Memorial Project. And they've been working for years to try to get this guy the recognition that he deserves. Mm-hmm. So the, every year, they've actually... They've Lyman wrote a story about his own trip for a, a magazine at the time. And so they read the text of that magazine and noted every place that he stopped uh-huh. and have GPS file, GPS files for that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, every year they have a, an annual ride that you can you can ride as a group or ride uh, to try to get across as quickly as possible to follow the route. And I use I use their GPS map. So that the Wyman Memorial uh-huh. Project and they were. They were uh, great to share that stuff and Wait. to try to get get the word out there. Yeah, the new big route you can break down on, Chuck. Just think. Yeah, can't wait. Fuck you. Well, that's where the electric was cool. The electric is like, I mean, in 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 a way, the the biggest challenge was charging. You know, ma- maintenance was was nothing. Yeah, we just you had know? like this big roundtable show where we like ended up talking about electric bikes with a bunch of other podcast hosts and everyone comes down to the, the same question every time. Like, how do you do a long trip on an electric bike? So tell us, how do you do that? You carry extra batteries. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the, the, the trick. I mean, when I was planning the trip, I knew California was relatively easy because they have charging stations all over the place. Mm-hmm. Once you get to like Chicago and eastward, it's it's relatively easy because you could you could find a Nissan dealership or a Chevy dealership mm-hmm. that has charge, charging stations for the Nissan Leaf and the Chevy Chevy mm-hmm. Volt. And, and they're cool there. if you just popping in saying, "Hey, can't charge my bike." Yeah, yeah, they're they're totally they're totally open to that, which is, which was great. <laughs> He's like, but "I gotta wait till they close at night and go home." <laughs> yeah, they're totally cool with it. You just break two or three windows. No big deal. Pick one yeah, exactly. lock. But the, 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 the big trick, the big trick was from um, basically uh, Reno, Nevada to some to like Iowa, like how to get across that space. Because yeah. there were very there were very I, when I first mapped it out, I was like, wow, there's 500 miles between one <laughs> charging station and the other. And the zero gets at 55 miles an hour. You'll get 88 miles out of it. So that ain't going to work. <laughs> uh, but um, so the trick is, if you buy the right adapters and you get the right options on the zero motorcycle, you can go to an RV campsite and plug into their the the 50 amp hookup oh, that the big RVs, you know, run their televisions yeah. and um, and slide outs when they go camping with. Hmm, clever. That so you just the- drain some bat- some RVs battery and escape like a thief in the night. <laughs> Oh, you mean use the pack campground car? <laughs> Never mind, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like I I was in a I was a KOA campground in uh, Wyoming, and the guy said, "Well, yeah, you can use this. Take this spot. Take a picture of the meter re- before you start, and take a picture after you've after you've charged." And so I'm hanging out for about an hour and fifteen minutes, hour and a half, getting getting the bike charged. 
and it's fully charged. I get back to the desk. He, he does the numbers and he's, he's like, it's going to be a dollar 15. I was like, all right, I'll pay that. Here you go. Keep the change. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I gave a dollar a quarter. Buy yourself something nice with the change. <laughs> get, get your wife something that. <laughs> Work on some literacy. How about that? Good. Get, get a new cover for that too. <laughs> but like, yeah, away. yeah, that those the the RV campsites just they saved me through through the, the entire West. Otherwise, <laughs> I would I could. I could plug into a 120 volt outfit outlet, but it would take eight to 10 hours for a full charge. Wow. So I'd and basically lose a day if I had to do household current. And like a KOA taking an hour and a half, you're saying? It, it depends on how much battery I had left hmm. and how much farther I had to go. So at that KOA, it was probably, probably an hour, hour and a half before I can, um, that was Laramie before I could go to, uh, oh. Cheyenne for the night. And stuff like that. There were some times where I was waiting two, two and a half hours, but I would just chill out. I, it was actually cool from a touring standpoint because you're stuck in this place and like you actually start talking to people. Sort of, sort of enforced sort of. like being there, as opposed to driving through. Oh my god, that sounds yeah. horrible. Talking to people. No, <laughs> they're there, Chuck. No. <laughs> I'll okay. just stand there with my helmet on the whole time. <laughs> You could do that too. That'll work. No, but yeah, it, it actually, I mean, most of my trips are, are, are not like that. So I was actually forced to slow down and I had a lot of interesting conversations, met a lot of interesting people along the way, uh, which was really, really cool. There was one guy in, one guy in Cleveland. He was the, um, I was at a hotel outside of Cleveland and he was the, the, the uh, custodian there. And he was like, is that your motorcycle out there? I was like, yeah, come on, let's take a look at it. He was asking me questions about it and stuff like that. And I had this, I had this joke that I would tell people along the whole way that I, I had this electric motorcycle and I also had a solar backpack, a backpack with a solar panel on it. <laughs> Just in case. And I would yeah, <laughs> to charge my phone and my cameras and stuff like that. And I would tell people, I'm from the future. <laughs> And they would all laugh. So I, I told this guy in Cleveland, and he goes, I mean, he doesn't even laugh at me. He does. He goes, how far in the future? <laughs> I was like, uh, shit, I got to actually think about an answer here. About an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I told him, I, I thought to myself, okay, how long in the future before electric motorcycles are common and before like solar power is, is ubiquitous? And I was like, oh, give it about 10 years. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm from the future. <laughs> yeah. So, how many miles in a day would you would you cover with the zero? Well, um, again, the 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 range of the motorcycle at 55 miles an hour is 88 miles. Right. Um, probably yeah. a little less because I had a, a windshield and bags and a top case and everything. And you weren't um, going 55 miles an hour. Don't don't kid us. There were time, actually, there was a time going from Montello, Nevada to Snowville, Utah, that was 110 miles. Mm-hmm. That's a tense section of road there. It's beautiful out there, but there's there's nothing out there. There's literally no place to, to get a charge. Nope. Um, so <laughs> I basically had, I had to go 40 miles an hour the whole way. And, <laughs> and pray. And, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's like, 
my trips are usually done a, a much higher speed. This thing forced me to slow down and just watch the landscape change mm-hmm. in front of my eyes. And it was it was it was kind of cool that way. So I just I just kicked back and just watched the landscape and got to Snowville with very little char very little battery left, and I charged at an RV campsite. So now, now like, what are the things you got to see that you wouldn't have seen otherwise? I mean, had, did you go places you'd been on a gas-powered bike before and get to see things that you hadn't even realized were there? You just blitz past them. Well, um, uh, interestingly, yeah. I mean, like in a in a place like Nevada for uh, no, I'm sorry, in uh, Nebraska, for example, um, I was on Highway 30, the old link, the old Lincoln Highway, hmm. stopping in little towns all along the way. You know, getting getting charges at campsites getting one town had a they the the town hall they had a charging station because they had a, a nissan leaf um for the town so, so i saw stuff I, I i got to see in the nebraska and just uh, and a year later i was on a honda africa twin trying to heading out to idaho to catch the total eclipse and i blasted through nebraska on interstate 80 i didn't see a damn thing huh. right because because when you're on when you're on the interstate, the thing is designed to like keep everything away from you. Sure, the, yeah. The highway is so wide, the shoulders are so wide that mm-hmm. you, you know you don't see any downtowns or anything. Um, so you, you if you're on if you're on eighty, you go through Nebraska, you think nothing of it. But if you're on the Lincoln Highway going through Nebraska and you're stopping and talking to people and seeing the old downtowns and things like that, you have a very different experience. It's pretty awesome. So what kind of noise does the bike make when the battery goes dead and you're in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> it's the sound of one hand clapping. <laughs> <laughs> now, did did you have any actually, uh, oh crap I'm out of power in moments? I I I I did get to places with single digits left on the charge, with like three percent, two percent, one percent. You're just never coasting <laughs> the RV park. <laughs> Please, 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 yeah, exactly. please, please, please. <laughs> well, I'm I'm in full tuck, you know, and I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm dirt tracker, and I'm grabbing with my left hand. I'm grabbing the fork, so on my left, this left side of my body is aerodynamic. <laughs> trying to eat every mile out of it. How much gear did you take but, with you? Were you like, were you camping at all, or were you hoteling it, or just you know, what, how were you doing this trip? I was hot- I was hoteling at this trip. Um, normally, with a Roadrunner trip, uh, the 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 hotels are arranged in advance. But I was I told them I don't know how far. There's some days I don't know how far I can make it. So I, I would just like stay at a, stay at a hotel. So to answer your question before, like how far did I get each day? It took me a total of I think I think I did it in half of Wyman's time, twenty four days or something like that. Twenty four so days. days were short. Yeah, some days were short. Some days were short, like 70, 80 miles, just because I might have been tired. I might have, I didn't get a, I didn't get a good charge. I didn't, you know, just the logistics of that day didn't make it happen. Hang Some on, of the please. longer days were like 180, 190, close to 200, 200 miles a day. Wow. Hmm. That would definitely make it a whole different kind of trip. Going yeah, no that kidding. Pace. That's like, a, that's like, that's like even worse than when you were following the Ural <laughs> and I was flogging it to do 60. I didn't think that was bad. I don't know why you're so down on that. I've done trips on the Ural. Okay. It's it's not that bad. There's there's something to be said for going slow, I tell you. Because, again, the the year after, I was an Africa twin. 
and I chased the total eclipse. And on the way back, I mean, on, by just kind of like um, for the hell of it, I, I did an iron butt. And I, I crossed the I crossed Nebraska without without like staying overnight. I started in Wyoming. I ended up in, in Iowa, but I didn't see it. I did a thousand miles in like 20 hours. I didn't see a damn thing. Damn. Very, very different. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. do you prefer? Which do I prefer? Um, I think, I mean, the electric uh, riding, have you either of you ridden an electric? Nah. No. Okay. The, the zero DSR that I rode has about, I forget the numbers now, like 70 horsepower, but it has 103 foot pounds of <laughs> instant torque as todd likes to point in, out instant torque. yeah i've nearly high-sided myself on electric motorcycles in the past uh because the torque the torque is instant and i will i will say that on a on a on a mountain road uh if charging is not a concern of yours it's hard to beat the thrill of an electric motorcycle really yeah yeah because i was in i outside of um in the mountains the coast coastal mountains of california outside of santa cruz you know you're mm-hmm. you're it's just yep. left right left right left right left right yeah, and yeah it's like first of all it's 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 uh no gears once so it's one speed so the clutch and the shifting is the, the you don't have to worry about that that stuff and, and and secondly the torque is everywhere so you basically you basically aim you basically break aim for the apex and once you see the turn open up you just open open up the throttle and it just spits you out hmm. spits you out towards the exit and you don't have to you're never in the wrong gear right you're never in the yeah. wrong part of the, of the power range you're always where you need to be and it just spits you out it's unbelievable and then you hope it's downhill because you just overdid it on those turns <laughs> <laughs> yeah. somebody you. throw me a rope <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah guys that's what the rope and the grappling hook he carries is for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Suction cup exactly. in the back of a truck. Boom. Sees one of those motor homes on the way to KOA. <laughs> My savior. It's drafting <laughs> yeah, time. Right. Mad Max style, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, so, the electric motorcycles are thrilling. So now this, this is not the only trip. You just got back from Patagonia. Yes, I did. By yes, which we I don't did. mean the makers of, of fleeces to be worn to your yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> so many people said that oh i didn't know it was a place <laughs> oh my god <laughs> wait where do you live <laughs> new jersey oh all right well there's uh, your problem I, eh? I, I thought it was i thought it was just clothes no, <laughs> i thought it was a very clever name how much yeah. did they have to pay that country to name itself after that <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly um uh, yeah but yeah i did this trip um it was like 20 days. We flew down to Ushuaia, which is the southernmost city in the world, basically, because the tip of South America is farther south than South Africa, farther south than Australia, farther south than, than New Zealand. And we basically, um, I had a Suzuki DR650, and we rode, I think it was 4,000 kilometers, just basically crossing between Argentina and Chile, uh, following the Andes Mountains all the way. Like Chile's nice and long, but we, we basically rode half half the length of Chile or thereabouts. Oh my god, I hate you so much. Oh. 
and they pay me to do this. Yeah, it's not helping. <laughs> they're they're going to catch on. <laughs> well, he was, he was he was he was there as part of his outreach program. I mean, you know, you think about it, and you know, they don't have some of the some of the uh, infrastructure that we have down there. When they have their cats and they need pictures, <laughs> what are they supposed to do? They need a cat photographer. Yeah. <laughs> cat fancy. Cat photographer uh, without borders. Oh, damn. I got to take that off my website. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, because that was the funniest thing I saw on your website. <laughs> Just so the listeners know, we're not making up the, the 10 tips about cat photos. And they are good tips, by the way. <laughs> JohnMFlores.com. Look for it. <laughs> So I got to ask, as a motorcycle journalist, do you own a bike? Um, do I own a, a running motorcycle? No. <laughs> that, that, that's an interesting qualification. <laughs> How many I, of I the mean, other kind have, do you have? I have, I have three. Um, I can't tell you the last time I rode one of them. To be I can't laugh too hard. I mean, I have a cup of one and a half. <laughs> running bikes yeah because they they always give me they always give me a motorcycle yeah they always so. give me a motorcycle it's like do you, i mean is it even worth having your own ride this and pose <laughs> put, put this cat on the handlebars <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite bike oh that's a great question i mean i think i i, I counted it a couple of years ago and i've ridden maybe 50 motorcycles since uh working with roadrunner uh, i'm a v-twin guy so three of the top five are are v-twins and four of the top fives are italians and i gotta say there's something about a really nice moto guzzi mm-hmm. this does it for me no no you have to do the ducati so you can be all like all the other guys and oh wait never mind you got a full head of hair don't you okay you can you can get everything <laughs> you're good you're good you're good. Well, I will say, I will say the Multistrada, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, I mean, if it, it's the do-all bike, if it's I had to have bitchin'. one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with all due respect, it's a pretty bitchin' bike. Um, but like the, like I've ridden a whole bunch of BMWs and like the, like the RTs, for example, mm-hmm. they're unbelievably polished. They've been working on the same formula for 25 years. Right. So you get on one now and everything just works just as you expect it to. Everything's it. Everything's in the right place. Um, Moto Guzzi, uh, in contrast, I rode a Norge several years ago. Oh, yes. Right. Which is the, basically their version of the RT, a sport touring motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My best left. <laughs> is the, 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 the Norge is to the, the, uh, the, the, uh, is to the RT as I don't know I would say like a, a ratty old Strom with uh, you know a lot of rust on it is to the the brand new Wasser Beamer. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. idiotic fun. Yeah, yeah. it. Um, but the the thing is, um, yeah. So the the Norge is is like the it's just like the RT. It's got an electric windshield, right? But for some reason, I think it's operated with your left thumb. And in order to operate the uh, the adjustable windshield with your left thumb, your left thumb has to be about six inches long. <laughs> <laughs> the ergonomics suck. <laughs> it's like, why? How'd they even think of this? 
Hey, but, we gotta put a, we gotta put a, we gotta put an electrical windshield on this thing. Ah, let's go drink some grappa instead. Okay. <laughs> what, what why, why is this bike designed by Mario and Luigi? Because it is. It's a freaking Gucci, man. <laughs> this is, but, 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 we're gonna get a letter from Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But here's the thing. I never, like, I've never been on an RT and, and gone through a tunnel and said, I want to rev this thing out and then let off the accelerator and hear it, and hear it sing. And I did that with the Norch every single time. <laughs> <laughs> and, that was, and that was it. So, I, I mean, the RT is a better bike, but if I had to choose between the two, I get a Norch. Yeah, bike with character. He is my people, yeah. clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait. There's a Strom. There's a Strom among you. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got. I got a. I got a 2005 Strom. I bought new, and uh, you know, sixty thousand, sixty something thousand now. Not as new. Not as new. No. <laughs> and the charging system may be dead. The 650 or the thousand? Thousand. Okay. Okay. More noise. More strange noises. What? Oh, mm-hmm. Lots of strange noises these days. Yeah. Not just the ones that come out of your belly? No, no, not just those. Because those are a lot of strange noises. <laughs> so uh, you got the Strom, you got, got the, the Strom, Bandit with the sidecar. And I got the Bandit with the sidecar. I've got oh, a, sweet. Yeah, yeah. I've got a Ural, an old GS, and an old ST with a turbocharger in it for fun. Oh, sweet. Turbocharger. Yeah. Technically, it's only a turbocharged Daytona. <laughs> Oh, what what year? Uh, the Triumphs. It's a two thousand one. Oh, okay, my brother had a ninety nine ST, and I, it, without a turbo, and I just I just marveled at the the flatness of the torque curve. It was just there was torque everywhere. <laughs> this could not be described in the same way. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not that. The turbo, the turbo that kills that torque curve. There's a there's there's, there's a there's a noticeable spool up, and then things begin to happen. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, and it dies a trap. It's ex- yeah, it doesn't like idling. <laughs> idling is bad, and it doesn't triumph. have rear brakes at the moment <laughs> or a working speedometer. Oh, details, details. Right, yes, just little detail, but it goes like, like wow, damn, that's so awesome. much go. <laughs> when does the power? When does the power? The turbo really kick in? Yeah, about 45, 5,000. Yeah, yeah, two, two or so uh, milliseconds before the screaming starts, I'd say. <laughs> it, it hates being have... anything below 2,500 RPM. And, yeah, my, maybe five, 6,000 is when it really starts to scream. Because I, I have a little two stroke race bike in the basement. Mm. Uh, Does it run? RS-125. I haven't ridden it in years. I got to sell it. Um, <laughs> but when I, I mean that the 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 power the the power curve the the two stroke power doesn't kick in until like ninety five hundred RPM. You just got to <laughs> piss out of it. Power curve is like a pyramid, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I got. I, I'm. I don't really stare very hard at the tachometer because everything else is blinding at that point. <laughs> Things go quickly when it goes very cool so as a as a journalist what do you see as like big trends happening for motorcycles electric um 
what what do you what do you see coming? Uh, I think I mean in terms of electric hitting the mainstream, we're still we're still not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. It's still a very niche niche thing. Uh, um, most I think most people that own electrics, it's like their second or third bike, mm-hmm. and they're just curious. They're like I guess they're EV curious. I guess you would call it. E curious. Curious. This interview's <laughs> over. <laughs> I mean, the big thing is the big thing is is retros. Retros are in. You know, still retro. Yeah, yeah, it's it's still retro. I don't I don't I don't know what's what's beyond it at this point. I mean, all the manufacturers are thinking they they see the they see the curve in sales going downward. Most of them see the curves going down except for except for a couple of them and they're like we got to get new riders in we got to get new riders in so there's a lot of small displacement interesting small displacement bikes coming out which is kind of cool um from all the manufacturers so i think they're really they're really working hard to get the next generation into motorcycles and uh hopefully they can do that getting them into new motorcycles anyways yeah yeah i say they're they're getting into used bikes like nobody's business our 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 uh our actual uh our classes are full man like todd is also a rider coach yeah uh, we've had okay. we we have like straight up full classes this year it's nuts that is awesome that is awesome and they're all they're taking all the they're like building cafe racers and stuff like that uh yeah, everybody's got old bikes or, you know, like dad's old bike or like, you know, the, 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 there's at least one KZ, old KZ in every class because apparently that's a requirement now. Okay. Um, you know, old Ninja Tube, I mean, like old everything, like, and, yeah. and, cause you know, realistically a bike from the nineties now is like 20 years old. It's an antique. It's an antique, but you know what? The bikes from the nineties, pretty freaking good. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Solid. So Solid. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I think, I mean, everyone's trying to figure out how to get the next generation, and so you're right. A lot of them are buying used, but at some point in time, they're going to say, um, you know, some people are, some people love to wrench, some people love to ride, and the people that buy the old bikes but figure out they're actually more riders than wrenchers, they're going to say, okay, what about this new 250, or what about this new three three, the new 310 from BMW? Let me mm-hmm. get that because I just want. To ride. Mm-hmm. How about this new Polaris slingshot with the fourth added wheel from the underground economy? <laughs> well, I mean, they're not my thing, but I have a, but it's like for the older rider, I guess I have a, I have a buddy who's got an older father, older father-in-law who's giving up their 800 pound Kawasaki cause he's too old to keep it up these days. Um, <laughs> they they make a medicine for that. <laughs> Um, and he wants to get, he wants to get like a three wheeler, like a can like fighter or something. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Can am or something like that. But my friend, my friend Gary is like, not all motorcycles weigh 800 pounds, right? You don't yeah. have to get an 800 pound motorcycle. Those can ams um, are pretty fun though. Mm-hmm. I've, I've ridden a few and they are a ass load of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but I, I I think I mean that that goes with the fact that the the rider population is aging. So mm-hmm. as the, as as these guys hit late sixties and early seventies and still want to feel the wind in their hair, but can't can't ride their Harley anymore. I think I think there's a, there's room for it. He really wanted to say, get it up. <laughs> <laughs> it can't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It can't. Editing. <laughs> they're they're cats here. Quiet. 
we need them to buy magazines. <laughs> That's going to be like a headline story in Roadrunner magazine. How to keep it up. <laughs> Best age 60. <laughs> by John it's Flores. The new, Har- the new Harley Cialis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I could see them doing something like that. It's Harley branded. Screaming Eagle. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's the kind of thing I'm going to be screaming about. Screaming Eagle capsules. It sounds. That's is, your, is your eagle whimpering? We can help. <laughs> All right, I got to stop now. Rock hard skulls. <laughs> it was at that point that things got weirder. Weirder, yes. <laughs> Definitely weirder. All right, so so you you're looking to write a book now about the the, the cross country trip, about specifically about uh, Wyman. Um, when when can we see the book? Because I got to be honest, you're telling me about. It, I'm like, this sounds like a freaking awesome read. Honestly, it sounds like something cool from the history nerd perspective. Yeah, yeah. Big time. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a total there's a total history nerd angle about mm-hmm. it because like again, no no one knows about him. His his story is absolutely unbelievable. And as I crossed the country, I it was hard to find evidence of his passing. Huh? Did you right? find any? Um. Like a plaque or something somewhere? Picture in a sleazy bar? <laughs> well, again, the, the Wyman Memorial Project, they're working to have plaques put up all yeah. along the route and stuff like that. But so many of the places he would, because he was following the railroad tracks, he was stopping at, at towns that no longer exist uh, um, mm. because the railroad doesn't need those towns anymore. I was I was in, like, was it Cheyenne? And I went to the place where he had apparently stopped at a bike shop to get some work done it's now a uh whatchamacallit a bank you know a western uh what's the western oh uh wells fargo oh wells fargo bank like a wells fargo bank that was built in like the 1980s so it's got that special 1980s ugliness to it oh yes capital and you you robbed it of course (laughs) you you plugged your bike into their outlet on the side what's he doing don't worry about it everything's cool i I stole four kilowatt hours. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show. Um, so yeah, it was it was actually really hard to find evidence of his passing. Um, so I am I am uh, now shopping. Starting at the beginning of the year, I've been shopping the book to uh, literary agents, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, basically it's a re- repeated process of failure. Of get of rejection. Oh until sure. You, until you find the right until you find the right one. So I'm continuing to shop shop the book. Once I get an agent that thinks they could sell it to a publisher, we'll get that done. And, and I don't have a I don't have a timeline yet for for that. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm. I mean, again, he's to me he's he's our Charles Lindbergh, and he needs he needs much much more attention than he's than he's gotten. Um, the fact that the fact that i've been riding since the 90s and i didn't hear about this guy until 2015 says says a lot about how little known he is yeah we haven't heard of him since uh what's today the, the <laughs> ninth mm-hmm. since monday yeah yeah, yeah and we're, we're 200 episodes into a freaking motorcycle show <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so i mean i i i've been giving presentations about his story and my trip um, last summer and the summer before, and I'll be doing some more this summer. But 
I really want to, I really want to get this, this book, this book out because I, I, cause no one's actually, no one's written his biography. His great niece, I believe lives in San Francisco and she might be working on his biography, but no one's written his story yet. So are you going to be at, uh, any shows or expos doing a presentation this year? Uh, the one I have booked is Roadrunners Touring Weekend in Roanoke, Virginia okay. in uh, mid-August. So if you're out if you're out in Roanoke, Virginia, or you want to just look for an excuse to go riding, there's some great riding out here east. Because um, that sounds like something that would fly at like the Overland Expo or Americade, one of mm-hmm. those kind of things. Yeah. Yep, I presented at Americade. I actually presented at Americade last year. Uh, this oh, okay. Last year, um, and I presented at uh, Zero's tenth anniversary party. Mm. Uh, so uh, I'm presenting again at. Ro- I presented at Roadrunner last year. I'll pre- be presenting again this year. Uh, my focus is getting the book out, and after the book, uh, I'll be doing. Hopefully, I'll be doing a, a tour, traveling the country on another Zero, <laughs> telling people the story. Buy my book. <laughs> also, can I use your turn for it? Can I plug into yeah. your house? Here, read this. I'll just be over here. <laughs> if you have any questions in the next two hours, I'll, I'll be right here. Here I am. Right <laughs> late. I have I have ten percent charge left, so this is going to be an eight hour presentation, everyone. So just kick back. Settle on. I will speak slowly. <laughs> Start drinking. All right, John. Well, I mean, thanks for coming on and speaking to us. Actually, I learned a lot more than I was expecting. So Mm -hmm. this is pretty cool. I want to read up on uh, George Wyman now. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, go check out the Wyman uh, Memorial Project. I have some stuff on my website, johnmflores.com. I'm honored to be part of this 200th episode. That's pretty awesome, guys. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a thing. It is a thing. We totally planned it for you to be on here. (laughs) 100%. 200th show. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, did, so did I. <laughs> grand, awesome. grand guest. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, <sir>. John. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. I am now. I am now educated and kind of excited to learn more. I'm actually, yeah, very interested in reading more about Wyman. Yeah, I just googled it on my phone and left it on the phone. So yeah, I that's what I did. Remember it later. <laughs> I got like a whole page of Google of Wyman results now to look yep. at. Yep. That is pretty interesting. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and the motorized bicycle. <laughs> Speaking of that, my daughter has learned to ride a bicycle. Nice. You corrupted her at an early age to get into two-wheeled vehicle, Chuck. On the bright side, she'll never have money for drugs. <laughs> so, so I've been, uh, I've been you knock up your wife again. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Uh, Anything's possible. That's not funny at all. <laughs> Neighbors have a baby, and I'm like, babies are so nice. Here you go, take them back. <laughs> I'm going back home to my kids who will tell me when something's wrong with English words. Uh, but uh, so I, uh, I was, my daughter's been doing really well and being very good with her son, with my son, like very conscientious. Like she, she grabbed his hand and helped him get over a curb the other day. So she's like, a good big sister. Oh she's, yeah, she's been a really good big sister. And you know, at the same time, she's five. And so like everything I say is wrong. <laughs> like I've never been so wrong in my life. I noticed the sign on the door mm-hmm. said like bad dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was, uh, I was wrong, you see, the other day. Okay. <laughs> and uh, retaliation was swift and terrible. <laughs> bad dad. Dad, yeah. dad, dad, bad. 
Yes. Now, the flip side of that is I have little drawings where she says she loves me. So I think it balances out in a positive direction. I've never gotten the bad dad. No, no. Well, I was it, I was quite wrong, you see. Quite. Yes. Well, Evidently. Yes. Yes. Clearly. One, one must not take things away that the kid wants at that moment, no matter how much little shit there be. Right. Okay. Otherwise, you are a bad dad. Bad dad. <laughs> yes. So I, I'm like, yeah, guilty as charged. Get you wrong. <laughs> But uh, so, you know, I've been feeling like, you know, you know in about 50 years, mm-hmm. she's going to have that conversation with you and you're like, no, I want to watch TV. What are you? Yeah, that's fine. Go to your room. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go to your room. the door. <laughs> but uh, so she's been pretty good about it. So I'm like, all right, you know what? She's hitting that point where I'm getting where I feel like I can trust her to not do incredibly stupid things. Let's see how much a helmet costs. And see. Oh, what, yeah. Whether they're fit. So I go to Cycle Gear, and I'd forgotten that my, the instructor just got a Cycle Gear for third. Um, so they're like, I'm like, how much would that be? They're like, this much. I'm like, well, I guess I have to now. <laughs> I'm taking you with me next time we go to Cycle Gear. <laughs> so I walk You're out. You're going to buy everything yes. that I'm just looking at. Yeah, so I, I walk, out, walk out with the helmet for her and an absolutely inconsolable son. Oh. <laughs> well, because there's nothing, there's nothing small enough that fits him. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. I'm he uh, does understand. If he could write bad dad, I'd have another note. <laughs> He's saving second, it up. A second note, a little lower down the wall. <laughs> Just a picture of a dick. Yeah. But then I uh, then I got on and I, uh, I ordered some stuff from Kinder Rider. So uh, oh, nice. some some gear and stuff for her. We're going to try her out in the sidecar, which I'm kind of excited about. I'm nice, kind of nice. excited and a little terrified. Yeah. Um, you know. But we'll, I've been there. We'll go slow around the neighborhood and we'll see how it goes. Cool. Yeah. I'm excited. I, and scared. You just say you'll, you'll go slow around the neighborhood. Yep. In the bandit. Yes. I will not leave first gear. <laughs> Dude, I could have sworn we just had a conversation about speed. And I'm definitely bandit. going slow. You want to borrow the Ural? It's got <laughs> the four-point harness. I, I'm a little I'm a little worried, actually, about the windshield and the Ural giving her ideas. She's already, so I get the sidecarist, you know, because I'm in the national sidecar group. Yeah. And uh, on the back of it, Hannigan has the big half-page ad. And she's like, you need that one. She points. <laughs> She, first, she points to one of the BMW S1000 with the uh, speed sidecar, and I'm like, okay. She's like, no, you need that one. She points to the Goldwing, big two-seater. And I'm like, ah, it's okay, too, actually. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. I'm good with that, too. That's what I keep showing my daughter. I'm like, we should get that one. She's like, eh. I'm like, but you and your friend can ride in it together. Mm. Unless she's antisocial like you, in which case she's like, yeah, makes me feel itchy. She has a best, like a best friend. Oh, okay. A couple right. really yeah. good friends that mm-hmm. she. They, tell her, they, tell her you can put her and the dogs together. I, I yeah, but she really likes the Ural. That's the mm-hmm. thing. I can't get yeah. her off the Ural. She just digs it. She digs it. Mm-hmm. She's a mini just hipster. Positive, positive uh, associations with it. Little hipster. Little hipster. Yeah. She's a little hipster. She's a little hipster. And when she's bigger, she'll grow into a still pretty little hipster, probably. <laughs> yeah, she's not. Yeah. <laughs> I think she got that from her mom. <laughs> seems seems to have inherited her grandmother. Yeah, <laughs> both of them. <laughs> so what? Are, oh, we got we listener got, mail. We have listener mail. We have a couple. A couple listener mail for this, our 200th episode. Yep. Derek writes, thank Lindsay for bringing her perspective to the show. As someone who rides both motorcycles and bicycles, it's interesting to see both the similarities and differences. One topic that may be interesting if you ever have her on again is the bike shop experience. There's plenty of talk about how new bike purchases are down. Talking about the differences between shopping experience at a local motorcycle dealership versus one at a bike store. 
I do disagree with Lindsay slightly on cyclist safety. While sharing the road with cars can be stressful, my understanding is that less than 15% of all bicycle accidents involve a car. However, we tend to hear about those because they're more likely to cause injury than death. Hi, Charlie. On the other hand, much like motorcycles, roughly 60% of bicycle accidents involve a cyclist losing control of their bike and crashing, which I did not know, but looked up. Right. Okay. Um, here, I think there's a twist. Most of these bicycle accidents are going to be at a much lower speed than on a motorcycle, but the cyclist is less likely to have any here. Right. Sure, helmets help, but I feel many of them are slightly worse at protecting the sides and even the back of the head than many half helmets preferred by cruiser riders. My recent helmet purchases have favored helmets that provide better side protection because of this. Other than fingerless gloves, that's often the only protection worn by road cyclists due to the nature of leg movement on a bike mm. and how comfy spandex. I, I never will understand. I've never really worn biker shorts, so I can't say. I, I don't know. I, I always I just wore pants. I just know you're not, spo- you're not supposed to wear underwear with it. Mm. I saw that in a graphic. Okay, then. Yeah. Larry from Creative Writing writes, well, 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 just thinking about the radical email from Jesse or whatever his, her, his, her name was. <laughs> the round table was just aimed at the future. The future. I'm giving Larry this voice. But because Larry is a certified hillbilly. That's where it's coming from. He lived in San Diego or roundabouts. The listener didn't appear to care, probably has a Dillagaff patch about what OEMs are going to do, which is cool as long as he, she understands that they will be doing it on an electric bike in the near future, especially if they travel to Europe. Also, fuck motorcycles. They kill people, frustrate the sane, and should probably be outlawed anyways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They will eventually be banned if we don't care about their legacy. I'm not saying you have to get into rider programs and actually be a mentor, learn what EPA regulations are required for a motorcycle to be street legal across the globe, or go to law school to know what to do when a motorist runs you over. But somebody does. That brings up an interesting point. Somebody needs to give a damn about this stuff. So, Jesse doesn't want to be a rider coach, Mm -hmm. work in R&D at a factory, and definitely doesn't want to work at a motorcycle insurance company such a... Interesting, specific choice there, Larry. Or law firm. That's okay. Not everyone has to be in the industry to appreciate it, but the industry wouldn't be around for people to fuck about on two wheels if we had a bunch of Jessies in the world. Keep doing the Lord's work. The Dark Lord, that is. I've heard the Craigslist ads you speak of. And I'm joining the shadow economy right now. Peace and fuck it. Larry. So, again, everyone has their own different mm-hmm. take and perspective. Yep. As Jesse has pretty much said, he listens to us for fart jokes. Mm-hmm. And some people listen to us for more serious reasons. Stuff. Which is weird. You're really I weird and understand. baffles me 200 episodes later and they haven't picked up on the fact that, that what? No. I don't know. No. Very strange. But, like, I, I, it hit me as uh, we were talking to John. Mm-hmm saying those two types of people the type mm-hmm. who are mechanical hi mechanical hi and the, <laughs> the guy who just wants to ride around on bikes hi chuck he likes to ride bikes hello <laughs> <laughs> and yeah that's okay yeah there's room for every every type and i see what larry's saying you mm-hmm. know there are people who are really interested in that mm-hmm. and, and that's it, cool and it kind of doesn't actually work if everybody is the same kind of rider right I mean, who the hell are you going to make fun of? 
well, if there isn't if there isn't a Billy on a sport bike going slowly through the corners. And who is going to make fun of you if there's not the old guy on the Goldwing sipping his tea and playing bluegrass? We can all get together and agree and make fun of Harleys. Mm-hmm. Hi, yeah. Ted. Yeah, I think we can all we can all get together on <laughs> one one world, one love. Except Harley. Fuck those guys. <laughs> Fuck those guys. <laughs> Fuck them right in the ass. What have you learned this week, Chuck? Fuck those guys right in the ass. I've learned don't be a Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> and our listener count goes down by one. Tick. <laughs> Unless we have more than one Jesse, in which case we're fucked. <laughs> We've seen significant uh, loss of growth in the Jesse, Jesse markets. <laughs> Well, that's all we got time for this week. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Thanks for staying with us for 200 episodes, guys. We'll see you next week. You can contact us at wheelnerds at gmail.com or leave us a message at area code 801-917-4136. Record an intro for our show of you and your bike, and maybe it'll be on a future show. Stickers and other merchandise is available at our website www.wheelnerds.com If you use iTunes or Stitcher, please leave a review for us. Hell, write our URL on bathroom walls if it helps. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheelnerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent. Am I going to be episode 200? You, you are, are going to be episode 200. Holy. Can I right? curse? Is this oh. okay? Yeah, oh, you can yeah. curse all you want. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Windows. Or if you tell us something like Eric Buell shot the president, yes. we can edit that out. Yeah. Did, did, he, did he really do that? Dick sticks, sticks. Alright. <laughs> Having some difficulty? <laughs> okay, you ready? hum? Yeah, you hum. You hum into it. It makes a little tissue paper thing. Okay, inside. before you get to make too much fun of me, mm-hmm. I can put the straw in a Capri Sun. That's a good point. <laughs> All right.